my cares And I lay all of my burdens down at your feet And any time I don't know what to do I will cast all my cares upon you Let's sing it again I cast all my cares upon you And I live So good, let's do it one more time. Cast all my cares upon you. And I lay all of my burdens down at your feet. And anytime. I don't know just what to do. I will cast all my cares upon you. In moments like these, I sing out a song I sing out a love song to Jesus Will like these I lift up my hands and I sing out a love song to him singing I love you Lord singing I I love you Lord
I sing out a song I sing out a love song to my Jesus in moments like these I lift up my hands and I sing out a love song me mm-hmm. 
one more time. Yes, flow. Is that your prayer? Through me, Holy Spirit, flow through me. this morning flow through me holy spirit amen welcome to church this morning everybody is it a little echoey in here i feel like i'm in a building that's about 10 times larger than this is um, but it's good to have everybody here this morning um, on this beautiful sunny day do your best to uh, sing and enter in the service and not let your mind wander over to that other building with all that good-smelling food that's uh, over there. Um, I wanted to sing a song. Uh, you know, this morning when I was getting ready, I uh, was thinking about a couple things. And one of the things I was thinking about was this being, quote-unquote, International uh, Day. And we've got about half our church over in the other building getting the food ready. The sisters, but um, we're all from different, we're all from different countries. There's a lot of us from different states. Uh, there's a lot of us from different cultures, but this isn't really where we're from. Amen. We're all from the same place and we're all the same family. Amen. Doesn't matter if you are short, if you're tall, uh, if you're light skin, dark skin. If you're from living in Queens, New York, or if you're uh, living in Hickory, North Carolina, it's uh, we're all from the same uh, family. Amen. So with that in mind, I want to sing uh, this family of God. So closely knitted into one. Amen. I love this family of God. So closely fitted into one They've taken me into their hearts And I'm so glad to be a part of this great family Alright, first, does everybody know this song? I've got two, two people and we're going to bring it down a notch to... C, C correct instead of F so that I can actually sing it. Does anybody else besides the Ashdowns know this song? Brother Aaron does, Sister Rachel does. All right, well, the rest of you are going to get to hear it a few times until we all know it because it's pretty awesome. Well, I love this family of 
time. Sounds like we're getting it. glad to be a part of this family. Aren't you? Amen. It doesn't matter which country you were born in. doesn't matter what state you live in. doesn't matter what color your skin is. I'm glad to be a part of the family. Amen. Amen. Uh, we're going to change the order of the service and uh, bring some prayer requests and open the service in a word of prayer. Uh, let's sing, uh, bring all your needs to the altar. Um, few prayer requests here. We want to remember uh, Brother Tom and Sister Kim Ward. They're uh, traveling. We want to remember Brother Matt Cross's family. They're all sick at home. Uh, Sister Florence is in Ghana, so we want to remember uh, her in prayer. Um, Brother Chris Clayville's family's home uh, sick as well. We want to remember um, Sister Carrie. Whitlock, uh, as well as the Whitlocks have uh, an unspoken prayer request that they're asking us to bring before uh, the throne. We want to remember Brother Keith uh, Buchanan. He had a rough night last night, so we just want to continue to remember our Brother Keith in prayer, amen, and believing for his complete healing, amen. We want to continue to remember um, the drums, uh, the smiths, prayer. Um, I know they're faithful to stream, even though they have to stay at home. We want to always remember those folks in prayer. We want to thank the Lord that our uh, brother Billy uh, has made it home from the hospital. Amen. Uh, brother Ivy and uh, him and sister uh, Lydia are home resting, so we want to remember him in prayer and uh, pray that the Lord will continue to heal him. Amen. If you have any unspoken prayer requests, if you want to make it known, amen. I'm so thankful that there's somewhere we can come, amen. I ask our brother Anwar uh, to come and open the service in a word of prayer and to bring these needs before the throne, amen, if he could come. Heavenly Father, how great you are and how blessed you are. And I thank you for providing us this opportunity.
to be in your house and with full confidence we can say you our father the provider jehovah jireh jehovah rapha our great healer and the provider of all the needs that we have lord jesus we came with a great confidence and believing that you always hear the needs and the requests of your people your eyes are looking upon your bride and your ears are always open for us lord jesus we want to see your mighty hand upon all these needs lord jesus those who are sick in their bodies lord jesus come and give them the holy spirit touch and the needs that are that are brought in front of you those who are away those who are listening traveling god be with them bring them home safe lord and bless our time together this morning lord for we ask everything in your precious jesus name Have your seats. You may have your seats. Sorry. I'm going to sing that song. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Amen. Are you looking forward to going home someday? Amen. I'm just passing through. Amen. I plan on staying here forever. Well, this world is not my home. Well, I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up. Where beyond the blue, the angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can feel at home in this world. 
right now. No? Oh, I says a special, special, and I was like, I was excited, Sister Cindy. You got me all excited. All right, no problem. I'm sorry. I'll, no problem. We'll, uh, we'll get Brother Barry to mention that. I apologize. I was really excited, though, Sister Cindy. <laughs> I always enjoy your singing. All right, well, we're going to sing it one more time, and we've got Brother Anwar and the group from Queens, correct, are going to come and sing a special for us, so we're really excited about that. So as we sing this, Brother Anwar, if you want to come up now, we'll start to get ready. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like time because they're still coming oh lord you know i have no friend like you if heaven's not my home then lord what will i do the angels beckon me from heaven's open door and i can't feel at home in this certainly a privilege like we were singing that uh, I want to I'm, on the, I'm the family of God and I, I can say proudly that I'm not only you know working over there but I'm family of this church HBT and uh, came back in the family so we are so excited to be here and uh, I thank God for the people that came from my little missions work that I, I do over there in uh, Queens uh, so it's it's uh, exciting to be here with the family again and uh, uh, sing some special and enjoy International Day. I was talking to Brother Barry and I was uh, I was expressing him that this is a kind of uh, special <coughs> time for me. I know Brother Barry has missions in almost all part of this world so globally he has impacted and the ministry that this church and the people that are working with this church has impacted globally and spread of the message is around the world so i i feel privileged to be here to recognize what he has done internationally and what he has done in our country I was uh, talking to Brother Aaron. I don't know. He's, he's sitting there. I was telling him, you know, Brother Barry is uh, more Pakistani than I do. <laughs> and he said, no, 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 no. He's more African. <laughs> he said, he's the chief uh, uh, of uh, one of the tribe in Africa. I said, well, that is your claim, but I claim better than you. <laughs> 
So, because God has used Brother Barry and all this ministry in 20 plus years in that country, and uh, we have thousands and thousands of uh, people over there that came to this message only because of the efforts that you all are doing and the prayer that you are doing. Printing message, speaking to them, spreading it, it all is a great blessing. And uh, I apologize for taking some time because the guys are still working on there. <laughs> and I had actually words from the very that he will let me greet you, uh, church. So, so I'm, I'm taking that opportunity and just... Uh, uh, just, just feeling at home, and uh, I, I just thank God for uh, all the blessings that I had from this church that I was able, and I'm still working over there in New York and uh, in Pakistan and some other places that God is using us for this, for the spread of this message. So this International Day is not only about food, but this is a remembrance and recognition of what he is doing and what this church is doing. Amen and amen. So we have uh, some of our Pakistani and Indian friends over here. We don't mingle over there in our countries, but we can mingle over here and stand together. <laughs> so there are some Indian families and uh, Pakistanis family. So we, we will stand here and uh, worship together and uh, bring some, not only the flavor of the singing, but some flavor of our food also. So we'll enjoy that by God's grace. Can we display the nothing but the blood of Jesus on slice?
wash my sins away Nothing but the blood of Jesus God can wash my sins away Nothing but the blood of Jesus Oh, precious is the flow Let's make me white as के क्रूस से जारी मेरे मर्ज को खोए कहूँ जो के क्रूस से जारी वो चश्मा है मामू दाग दिल के करता दूर है मुझको दिल जो के क्रूस से जारे यह बाशामा भी तू जो रहता साथ साथ यह
Amen. Uh, let's stand. And while uh, Brother Jeremy's doing a great job of putting all the mics back, thank you, Brother Anwar. Let's sing God is good Amen. all the time, isn't he? Amen. He puts a song and a praise in our hearts. Amen. Doesn't matter what language you sing it in. Amen. Or how loud you play the drums. Amen. Or what instruments you use. Amen. He's good all the time, isn't he? Amen. Well, God is good all the time. privilege to be here. So before we're seated, uh, just uh, reach out to your neighbor and say, God bless you, pilgrim, in your native language. All right? And you can be seated. In your native language. You can be seated. Welcome all of you musicians. We're going to let you take your places here this morning and uh, may God bless you. Appreciate uh, you being here and all of our, uh, all of you uh, that are with us today and it's certainly an honor and a privilege to be in God's house with God's people. And uh, this is a, a first uh, where we uh, celebrate our uh, international component of our church here and I'll talk about that in just a second here. Um, Sister Cindy's going to sing a special. No. <laughs> 
I think we should have a special round of applause for Jeremy Clayville for all he did for that special. <laughs> I, I say we let him go first in the line for dinner. And uh, let me tell you, let me just, because I, I need to say this and get it out of the way, but I don't want you to dwell on it. I can't wait to lunch. You should see the food over there. Uh, from every corner of the world, and it's, it's I mean, it's outstanding. Uh, there's a real serious competition on. Team Zimbabwe went all out. They're just uh, T-shirts, you know, mouse pads, everything. They're, uh, they're just, uh, they've been pr- uh, meeting and, and cooking and everything, getting ready. Team Ghana is all ready to m- meet the challenge. And, uh, but then Pakistan comes in with 14 visitors from Pakistan, <laughs> And uh, Brother Jeshua, and uh, you know, this is, this. listen, uh, I'm going to preach till you get good and hungry. And uh, it's, it's going to be a wonderful time. So I'll say that and get it out of the way. Now, let me give you uh, uh, just a couple of things here uh, this morning. And uh, we'll, we'll do this. If you could bring up the, the PowerPoint there uh, on slide number two, that'd be great. Let's go to slide number two. Uh, Tomorrow is Sister Rachel Coffey's birthday, right? It's the 26th. So, uh, Sister Rachel, we appreciate you very much. And it's also Runya Yarrow's birthday, right? Is she going to tell us how old she is? No, she's asleep. God bless her soul. How old is she? Three years old. And uh, we wish her a happy birthday as well. Cohen, it's your birthday, buddy, on the 28th. How old are you going to be? Twelve years old. You know what that means, don't you? Your dad's getting old. That's exactly what that means. And it's also the Walters anniversary, right? Uh, how, how many years? Forty-eight years. God bless you, Brother Bill and Sister Cindy. That's a milestone, and, and we appreciate uh, you guys very much. Uh, February 29th, one of the true uh, leap year babies that I... No, it's Brother Joel Johnson uh, and uh, Sister Crystal's here, I think. And uh, we wish Brother Joel happy. He's only a teenager. She's the only sister in the church who married a teenager. And, uh, but we, we uh, appreciate the Johnsons very much. Now, um, I'm going to bring you some prayer requests here in just a moment here. But I want to just uh, say this about our international dinner. And uh, Sister Becky... Uh, began to think about this a while back, and I really appreciate her doing that because uh, there, there are many things that we take for granted that we never really should. And uh, we wanted to have a, uh, a dinner today, a dedicated day to uh, this international dinner that we're going to have. And it, it isn't just about the food. It is an opportunity where we get to recognize the people in our assembly who are from other nations and the contribution that they make. And we want you to know that we appreciate all of you. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just such a blessing. Uh, Sister Liddy's not here, uh, born and raised in France. Brother Mark uh, is here this morning from Guyana. And uh, we have so many others. So if you, if you were not born in North America, if you were not born in North America, or if you're not born in the United States, would you stand to your feet? If you're not born in the United States, stand to your feet. Look at that, wonderful. Wonderful. God bless you. All right, you can be seated. I'm standing as well, by the way. 
And uh, we, we, want, we want to say to all of you folks, uh, you know, we appreciate your contribution. And, you know, it's no small thing that God would lead uh, you to our assembly in whatever way, in whatever manner he did. And we're just, we're just honored to have you today. And we just want to say God bless you today uh, in, in, this, uh, in this special day. But the second thing also is that my, as far as my ministry and with Sister Becky, as when God calls a man, he calls his wife. We, we have been blessed to be connected to and a part of things that have happened all over the world for many, many years. And uh, it, it's, it's an interesting story how God led me and conditioned me in my, even in my sinful days uh, to travel the world and, and be accustomed to uh, other nations and the way people live and customs and so forth. And uh, spent a lot, of my, uh, a lot of my days and a lot of years in ministry traveling and ministering to other parts of the world. And so I'm just excited and I always pray that God would allow me to be a part of a church that had a heart for missions and a heart for ministering to the bride everywhere, not just here. And, and I think it's, it's a wonderful thing that we have such a great congregation and I love, I love ministering here more than anywhere else in the world. Uh, but I, I'm also blessed to know that we're able to minister to other people like Brother Anwar mentioned this morning uh, in other parts of the world and uh, be able to you know print books and, and to provide materials for everybody. This is one of the books that Brother Anwar just completed. He does all of the translation for the Urdu language in Pakistan, and uh, he does all of the translating, and then printing is coordinated in Pakistan, distributed over there by his brother and other ministers over there. And uh, we're, we're just excited to be a part of that. We just, we just kind of play a behind-the-scenes part of that, and uh, I'm, I'm, just, uh, I'm just delighted. I, I'm really delighted uh, to play that part. And so when, when I think of our church, I think not only of what we're able to do here and what we have enjoyed uh, together here, but also I'm thankful to God that uh, he's allowed me to have people behind me and with me who are interested in helping the bride in a lot of other places. And I think only eternity will uh, tell uh, you know, uh, just just the benefit. And, and I, I want to say that uh, in the right way because it isn't just me because you can't have all of that being done by just one person. You've got to have people who cooperate with you and people who work with you. And I appreciate all of you folks that have contributed. And whether you've given a dollar in the offering plate or whether you've built a website or traveled with me overseas and uh, whatever, whatever the effort, I, I just want to say I appreciate that. And I think that, uh, you know, God will... God will honor that. Now, let me give you one little example. This is one you've never seen before. But uh, just recently, we had an opportunity to come in contact with the people of Burundi. And I've never been to Burundi. I've been to Rwanda, a neighboring country, but I've never been to Burundi. And this is Brother Aristide. He's a pastor uh, in Burundi, and he has, um, uh, he's the lead translator over there. And they have several translators. And uh, they are, uh, have been working uh, steadfastly to translate into the language of uh, Kurundi, which is their native tongue. Uh, there's probably half of the people in that country, is about 11 million people who live in Burundi, and about half of them speak that uh, language exclusively. And they speak English and French a little bit as well. And uh, so through Brother Tim Dodd, we got in contact with Brother Aristide, and uh, Brother uh, Tim and his crew have been helping to, to sponsor the translation work. And then he contacted me and asked me, would I get involved in the printing part? And uh, so that connected me to Brother Aristide. 
and uh, we are working together uh, now to do printing for that country. Just to give you a, a geographic locator very quickly, uh, this is Bur the nation of Burundi right here, and uh, it's a rather small country, and to give you the bigger picture, uh, here is Rwanda and Burundi right here, sandwiched between the Congo and Uganda to the north, Tanzania to the south, and several other nations that we work with there uh, in that part of the world. So that's very much Central Africa. And um, it's a very small nation, but I want to read you just what he says. Uh, the message of the hour arrived in Burundi about 30 years ago, and believers have always had language difficulties because there were no books of Brother Branham translated into Burundi. And the problem persisted. So they've been in the message all these years and never had anything in their language. The problem persisted until we got in contact with Brother Tim recently in 2022. So it's been two years since the Kurundi uh, translation began. Tanzania and Burundi are just neighboring countries. Now, I made the assumption that they spoke Swahili there, but they don't. And a very few, a small part of Burundi's can, uh, Burundians can uh, read and understand Kiswali, uh, Swahili, uh, or English and French. And the only books that we have are in those three languages, so they don't have anything in Kurundi. And have never had. And it's been a big challenge to the believers of the message. And we have more than 100 churches in that little country. We have more than 100 churches and around 10,000 believers in that country. And so through the efforts here now with Brother uh, Tim encouraging the translation and vetting the translation because we don't want to print anything that isn't acceptable to the people and the ministers over there. And by God's grace now, <clears throat> we're in the process of printing this, which is the first book in uh, Kurundi. It's the Church Age book, and it's now in the hands of our printers over there, and uh, they're getting ready to uh, have that distributed among the people uh, in that language. So we're just excited uh, to be able to do that. <coughs> Excuse me, 86 cents for a Church Age book. And uh, they, now, uh, knowing, and I, 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 I'm in the loop with Brother Aristide and letting them know exactly where the book is, and then it will be coming to their country. They've already started on the Seven Seals book. They're almost finished, and now they've got a whole bunch of other sermons that they're uh, translating. <coughs> and uh, they're excited uh, because this is the first time that they're going to have the message in their language. And I think it's just wonderful to be able to play a part and, and to be able to assist in that. So that's a, a new project, and Lord willing, I'd love to go. I'd like to take some of our uh, folks here and, and go to Brother Anwar and, uh, you know, Brother Ben, and uh, different ones like be able to go visit uh, Burundi and meet Brother Aristide and some of those believers over there and, you know, just make a connection with them and, and to be able to encourage them in any way we can. That's a, to me, that's a, <coughs> on the scale of things, that's a relatively small project. But to them, it's a huge blessing to be able to have, after 30 years or so, <coughs> have the message in their language. We, we, and I, I don't say this in a negative way, but we're, we're so blessed to have the message in English. We never had to wrestle with what a word meant or what a phrase meant. Never had to wonder what, what Brother Bram was actually talking about. And uh, we're, we're really blessed in this nation here. So to me, when we, as long as we have the breath and the means to be able to minister to the people over there, I say we should do it and do it with all of our heart. <clears throat> well, uh, let me just uh, now, let's just focus our thoughts here. A little differently, um, and I want to um, bring you a couple of prayer requests here. It's been an interesting week 
Uh, most of you know Brother Billy Ivey wound up in hospital, and uh, he, um, he's now released. He's back home. He and Sister Lydia are back there today. Is Rebecca here today? Where's Rebecca? She's out, out there. And uh, I just want to say that, uh, you know, Brother Billy was overwhelmed with the uh, concern and the attention that was uh, shown while he was in the hospital, and uh, it was a long couple of days that they had, but uh, they checked him very, very thoroughly and, and determined there was nothing wrong with his heart at all, and so he was very thankful for that, and uh, so he's back home, and uh, you can ask him about his medical condition there, but uh, he's uh, resting at home today, and we certainly do miss him, but we're glad he's home. And I want to say special thank you to Sister uh, Liddy, who, despite the fact that she's not here, she got up this morning and did everything to create the crepes for us today and gave it all to Rebecca and told her how to do it, and she's going to be making crepes for us today from France, and I'm looking forward to that. So, Sister Liddy, <clears throat> you move way up on our Christmas list for the Christmas dinner, <clears throat> and you're right behind Jeremy, uh, and we appreciate that. Brother Connie and Sister Troy are not here today, still not feeling well. Sister Lisa Pascal is still recovering, and we want to remember her. Sister Mary Smith uh, also asked to be remembered in prayer today with Brother uh, Richard. Brother Richard has to have some uh, skin cancers taken off again, and Sister Mary has run out of Medicare days, so the ther home therapy that she was, going, that she was taking uh, will end, and so they ask for prayer for that. God's still a healer even when Medicare runs out, and so we're thankful for that. Uh, we want to remember also as well Brother Ron Spencer, and Brother Ron's going back for test results uh, this week, major test results and tests that they did last week, and uh, all, he's also uh, going to be consulting with specialists who deal with cancer in the eye. And uh, that's what he's dealing with at the moment. And so uh, he put out a little note uh, for requests. And so we, we want to remember uh, Brother Ron in prayer. <clears throat> now, last week we were talking about, uh, you know, the um, hypoplastic left heart syndrome and uh, Dr. Beauvais. And I, I appreciated your responses to that. And, and uh, it, it was just uh, a miracle. You know, when Brother Branham said that God heals by medicine, I believe that's what he meant, that he's not just assigning you to a doctor who writes your prescription, but he's actually coordinating lots of things to make stuff happen. And uh, he still watches over us. He just has different channels of healing. And we'll, we'll let him do that. That's fine. And we'll give him the glory no matter how a person's healed. And uh, we talked to you about Wakas and his, uh, you know, his surgery from a little, little guy. And uh, one uh, years ago in, in 2000, and what year was it? 2008, and uh, when Wakas came here, I held him in my hand, and uh, held him in one hand, and he was that little when I, when I held him. All right, we're going to try that again today. <clears throat> Come on up here. This is Wakas. <clears throat> Do you want me to hold you in one hand today? No, <laughs> I'm only joking. Not really. I'd do it if you give me a chance. Well, Koss is my buddy. Every time he has a birthday in July, it's always a special day. And uh, we appreciate Wakas. And, uh, and uh, one day he's going to come and live with me and Sister Becky, and we're going to buy him his own car and <laughs> loves cars. So we are glad to have you here today. You. May God bless you. Good. <clears throat>
God's a healer, isn't he? Well, we are so honored to have Brother Anmar here today and all the folks from Queens and uh, it's just been a blessing already to, you know, have the song and, and uh, we're, we're just honored, always honored and uh, may God bless you all. But uh, we'd like to introduce somebody who uh, you do, you've never met, Paris, you stand up. This is Brother Paris, you know him, this is Brother Anmar's oldest son and uh, Brother, An- Brother Paris is our personal chauffeur in New York City when we go. Uh, he's an Uber driver, and we love it when uh, we can call Brother uh, Paris, and he rides us around, does a great job. But Brother Paris got married, and his wife is here today. Miriam, would you stand up? This is Sister Miriam. God bless you. <clears throat> okay, God bless you. We are delighted to have you with us here in Hickory. And uh, Sister Nayab is here. Her husband is not here. He's about a month or two away, right? Still in Pakistan. So when he comes, you'll have to all come back again and sing for us with Brother Jeremy. And uh, <laughs> it will be a, a, a great honor to have you again. But uh, may, may God bless you all. It's uh, just such a thrill to have you with us here today. Well, let's stand to our feet this morning. Sorry to take uh, longer than normal preliminaries, but uh, I will be brief, I promise. Take your Bible, if you don't mind, let's go to 2 Kings chapter 5. Very familiar story. And the reason I'm choosing this is because Brother Brandon preached a sermon called The Supernatural. And in that that, uh, sermon, he took this text. So we're going to read the text, and then we're going to have a word of prayer for all of these requests that I've mentioned. And also Sister Cindy's sister, Connie, uh, also has a special need, so we want to remember that as well. But in 2 Kings chapter 5, I'd like to read just a verse or two, but then I want you to hold on to this passage because we're going to look at it again. 2 Kings 5 and 7. Now, Naaman, the captain of, sorry, verse 1, just to get the picture here. Naaman, the captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable because by him, this is quite, a, quite an amazing sentence, really. Here's a man who's not an Israelite, he's not a Jew. But by him, the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. And he was a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. Now let's drop down here to verse 7. And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter. This is the king of Israel who receives a letter from the king of Syria asking about the possibility of the prophet who's in the land to meet and pray for Naaman. So he's that, Naaman is that close to the king that the king writes a letter on his behalf, sends it off by courier to the king of Israel and asks him, hey, we, we, we understand your God is a God of miracles and, and we want to send Naaman over because he's a leper and he's got a sentence of death in him and we want him to come over. And it came to pass when the king of Israel read the letter that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and make alive and make this and and this man to send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. He interpreted this altogether wrong, and he thought this was a trap. Verse 8. And it was so when Elisha the man of God had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that's a big deal, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore dost thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know whether there is a prophet in Israel. And Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot, 
and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And may God add his blessing. You may be seated. Oh, sorry, if you don't mind, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we count it a blessing and a privilege, Lord, to be gathered in your house today, Lord. And already we've been blessed, Lord, by the singing and the worship and the reading of your word, Lord. It just always comforts our heart to know that you're a God who arranges all things, Lord, and you do all things well. We commit this day now into your hands, Lord, and pray that you would continue to bless us with your presence, Lord, and may you speak to our hearts. And we just want to say we love you and appreciate you so much. I have my hand on this list of prayer requests, Lord, that uh, have been presented to us. And we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would bring healing and deliverance to all those who need it, Lord. There are many serious and, and difficult concerns that your people are going through, Lord, many that have not been mentioned but God, you're a healer today the same as you ever were. And so we ask and pray in Jesus' name now that you would take complete control of these situations, Lord, and also you'd bless this assembly today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. <clears throat> now, I'm going to be brief, but I'm going to ask you to focus with me. Just, just stay right with me here uh, because I, I want to deal with a simple point and give you a couple of things you can take home with you. We're talking about this over the last little while. We've been talking about this principle of the harvest. And <clears throat> what it all looks like in the end. And what are God's people like in the end time? What are conditions in the end? It's all been sown. It's all been uh, planted in the earth. And now it's all coming out. It's all coming to pass. And so it, it's a good thing to ask, well... You know, what does real bride look like? What does the real genuine wheat look like? What does God's people, what do God's people look like? And how should we be acting and so forth? And we should not be uh, a, an unbelieving people. We should not be a sluggard people, a sluggish. <clears throat> we should be a people who are quick to believe God's word because God has given us ample evidence of his uh, presence, <coughs> excuse me, and ample evidence of his supernatural ability to perform everything that he has said. We believe that God's given us ample evidence that uh, there, there, is, there is still prophecies that are to be fulfilled. And God is able not only to move individuals, but God's able to move nations in place to make it all come to pass exactly the way he said. <clears throat> I mean, I can stand here all day and give you reasons why we should be believing God and thanking God. But it, I think it's pretty self-evident to all of us. And uh, it, it doesn't take much digging at all for us in the message and the scripture to be able to look and see all of the great things that are taking place and uh, to realize that God chose you to live in the last day and see it all come to pass. How many are glad for that? Yeah. And so uh, this is a, an unusual day. It's also uh, a day when uh, God's people should shine. They are the people who uh, have the opportunity to take the book, eat the book, prophesy again. And uh, we are the only people that are, that are allowed to do that, if you like. We're the only people who are called to do that, elected to do that. Uh, everybody else out there is not taking the book and eating it and prophesying uh, the message again. Let me guarantee you that's not happening. Uh, so we, one, of the, one of the aspects or the characteristics of God that is important and to me increasingly important uh, to us in, in the last day is God's supernatural ability. God, the, the supernatural part of God's personality, if you like. And uh, we believe that uh, God has always been a miracle worker. He's a healer. He's a savior. He's a deliverer. Uh, he's a God of impossible situations. Do you believe that? If you don't believe that, look in the mirror, right? 
but we, we believe that God is certainly supernatural. And Brother Random says it right here. Again, God's characteristics is always supernatural because he is supernatural. He is supernatural. <clears throat> you don't need to go any further than that. God is supernatural. And it's unusual always to the modern trend of thinking of the day. And whatever day you pick, it was also contrary to the thinking of the day. Like in Jesus' day, uh, Jesus, uh, you know, his, his ministry and his presence was certainly a supernatural thing. It was an unusual thing. And it is today. And he says, you know that. And God has always upset the apple cart for religious groups in every age that have ever passed. God's upset the apple cart. And he, and he does it because he does things in such an unusual way and uh, does, does things in an in a extraordinary way. And uh, <clears throat> try as you might, God never called us to uh, be the supernatural God. He is. Uh, but we believe that the super, a portion of the supernatural God lives in us. Can you believe that? Can, can you go that? That a, a portion of the supernatural God actually lives in you. And I believe this with all my heart, that I believe that there is no force to be reckoned with like the force of the believing church today in the earth praying on behalf of an individual or in need. There is no force like that anywhere in the world. Amen. Now, <clears throat> I, 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 wanna, uh, I just want to divert for a moment here because in this day also we know, as we've already discussed, there are wise virgins and foolish virgins, right? We've gone through that recently and uh, that's certainly true of our day. And I found this in my search for, I was looking for an image of uh, a way I could portray the supernatural uh, to you, you know, because I, I like to be graphic. And I, uh, I know the words here are not always exciting just to uh, see them playing on the, on the screen like that. So I like to have, you know, some images that, that reflect what I'm talking about. And I put in the word, you know, I was doing a search, and I put in the word supernatural and uh, supernatural God, and uh, I came out. Now, you don't need to go find this, but I thought this was really interesting. It really caught my heart that this was a series that was done by a denominational church. And I don't know what the series uh, included because I didn't go, go there to click on it. I just saw the cover. I just saw the title. And the title was Supernatural, Reversing Our Tragic Neglect of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is somebody who preached this like a month or two ago and did a series in some church somewhere, but it was actually acknowledging the fact uh, that they were trying in some way to reverse the great mistake we admit we're making. That is rejecting the Holy Spirit in our midst. We've neglected the Holy Spirit. And now they realize, you know what, we can't hold on to our young people and we can't, uh, we can't hold on to uh, converts anymore because in reality they're not really truly totally converted uh, because they're just church members. And, and so therefore they don't have the staying power. They, uh, when tragedy strikes or church trouble comes or whatever else happens in their lives, they're gone. They're, they, they, can be, they can drift away because they have no anchor. They have no uh, inside holding power. Aren't you glad for the anchor? And you're glad for the holding power. Because you know what? If you're staying just because I'm holding on to you, that ain't going to be good enough. And if you're staying here just because you think we got better pews than somebody else, hey, that ain't going to be good enough. Because there's going to be another church somewhere that's got better pews than we do and a bigger fellowship hall than we do. That's not why we should be here. We should be here because God led us here and God's holding us here. He's the keeping power in our lives and he's the one that's holding us in this place. Do you believe that? 
So now they're admitting here that some way or another we have neglected the Holy Spirit. In other words, we've turned away from God's word and what God promised in the end time. And we're trying to do whatever we can to reverse that. We're trying to back out of that, out of that scenario because, you know what? In reality, he's at the door knocking because he's not here. He's not inside. That's what they're saying. But now the subtitle really got my attention. If you think that's good or interesting, here's the subtitle. What if we had said yes to the Holy Spirit? Now, I didn't make this up. This is, this is out there. This is the series. And, and he's asking this, this minister is asking this question. What if we had said yes to the Holy Spirit? What, what a difference it would make in our church. What a difference it would make in our systems. What a difference it would make in the lives of the people who were preaching here too. But you know what? Let's, let's be honest. And, let's, and I'm just putting words in his mouth here because I didn't hear it. And I don't want to hear it. But I, I'm just saying... Uh, you know, he, he's saying, uh, you know, forgive us here because we have neglected the Holy Spirit and we didn't say yes to the Holy Spirit. We said, no thanks, we've got our own system, we're going to go our way and we're going to figure this out. And now they're coming back as true foolish virgins here trying to get oil in their lamps somehow because they're in darkness. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so this, this presence of the supernatural God is something that God wants you to pay attention to. And this whole idea. Now, let me, let me just work on that for a minute here. Brother Bram said we passed, we passed on, we moved on from just creeds and drinking stagnated water from cisterns. What we need today, watch my words, every, every screen here means something, okay? But uh, number, number 17 is going to be really special. He said, what we need today is an opening of the word that lives. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He cannot fail. We need, hey, it's a great thing that we have all the books and we have all the books in other languages and we have, uh, you know, all the things on print here that we can give out to people. But you know what that is? That's just more books to put on your shelf. What we need is a word that lives. What we need is a word that is alive in your heart. What we need is a word that you can say, hey, that is absolutely true. Let everything else pass away, but let this word be true. And it's true in my heart. It's true in my life. And there's nothing anybody can do to pluck that away from me. And Brother Bram's saying what we need today is an opening of the word that lives. And I pray, I pray every time we meet that God would open up the word in someone's heart and make it live, quicken it, make it real in our hearts. I, I pray that that happens and, uh, because that's the only way. There's a point in life where the word has got to come from within. The life of Christ has got to come from within. It's not just me as a parent telling my boys, dress this way, sit here, do this, we're going to church excuse me, that's fine if they're just little kids. But they got to come to a point where, and raising children in Christ in a godly home, is the goal is very clear, to raise children so that somehow or another, from within, they're making decisions when nobody tells them what to do. They're doing it because they love God. They're doing it because they believe the message. They're doing it because they got their own experience with God. And they don't need to be forced or coerced or pressured or anything else. They just, they just love God. And whether you go or not, they're going to want to go because there's something in them that's real. And Brother Bram's saying what we need is an opening of the word that lives. He said he cannot fail. They can call it mental telepathy or spiritualist or devil but as long as that word is flowing free and producing exactly what he said it would do, it's a fountain in the house of David again. It's a fountain. We sing that chorus. There's a fountain open in the house of David. Come and receive and come and drink. And Brother Bram said, as long as that word is doing what it's doing, it really doesn't matter what other people are saying. 
It doesn't matter how many websites are built against it. It doesn't matter how the government tries to intimidate uh, the body of Christ. It doesn't matter. As long as that word's flowing, God's going to make it do exactly what it needs to do. Hey, if your insurance runs out or your Medicaid day, Medicare days uh, expire or, uh, you know, your insurance cancels you or whatever else, you know what? It doesn't matter. I say to you this morning, there's a, there's a fountain open in the house of David. And you can always reach out to there. You can always dip into that. And the doctor will say, well, that's the way it is. And there's no more remedy. There's no more cure. There's no more nothing here that we can do. I say to you this morning, we have a fountain open in the house of David. It doesn't matter what expression of unbelief exists around the truth. The truth is still the truth. And Brother Bram said that's where Jesus Christ is the same to his Bethlehem believers. He said, live with it. Live in it. It's life journeying water for us as Israel had. Live with it, live in it. It's a life journeying water. I tell you what, every pastor wants his people to live with it and they want them to live in it. And they want to see that response from the people that uh, the word is having an effect in their hearts. And the word, when the word has effect in your heart, you know what it's going to do? It's going to cause you to walk in holiness. I said it's going to cause you to walk differently, dress differently, act differently. It's going to change what you look at on your phone and what you uh, look at on the screen. It's going to change how you, how you dwell, how you interact with people around you. It's going to separate you from unbelief. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. If the word is flowing in you, it's going to separate you from unbelief. It's going to separate you from former, your former life, your former friends, your former uh, activities and so on. Because you realize that don't matter. That just don't matter. And, and, and it's, not, it's not important, you know, it, it's, it, it's it, where our priorities do a, a huge shift and everything is changing. And Brother Bram said, we, we want to live with it, and we want to live in it. It's a life journeying water for us as Israel had. Do you believe that? All right, now, <clears throat> I, I want to just highlight the scripture here because I, I want to keep going. In Exodus chapter 11, and this is when Moses and Pharaoh are going at it, and uh, Moses is getting ready to take the children of Israel out. And uh, Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, About midnight I will go out from the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. This is kind of the last straw. This is the last event before Exodus 12, when the Exodus, Exodus actually takes place. Now, uh, he says, The firstborn of Egypt shall die from the firstborn of Pharaoh, sitting upon his throne, and even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of beasts. So God's not a respecter of persons. And so this applies to Pharaoh, just like it applies to everybody else, all the way down. And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall it be any more. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue. Wow. Do you believe, and let me ask you, do you believe that God has that kind of control, that he can actually control the dogs of a country, so they don't bark, they don't wag their tongue, they don't, they're, they're not acting like a, a dog in front of my people, because they're my people, and I got my eye on my people. And you better not mess with my people because they're my people. And I see what you're doing and I see what you're saying and I see what, uh, you know, what, what, you're, uh, what you're telling your kids to say about this kid at school and all the rest of it here. But God is going to make sure that nobody wags their tongue against my people, against man or beast. That she may know how that the Lord does put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. We are not like the rest. We are not like Egypt. Do you understand what he's saying here? God made them different and he wanted everybody to know that they are not of that. They are not the same as that. But God made a difference here. 
And that's not something that you can puff your head up with uh, at all, but that's something that you can say, by the grace of God, I am what I am. I believe what I believe. I'm thankful for that. And Lord, it's because of your separations, your calling in my life. It's your election in my life. And that's the reason why I'm separated from the people of the world and the things of the world here. We're not, we're not nominal churchgoers. We believe in a word that is open and alive. It's quickened to us and it's real because we come in contact with a supernatural God. But God did that. He did the supernatural so that there would be a difference between Egypt and Israel. Now, let me, let me just uh, say, say it this way as well. You remember as you read on in, in chapter 11, and you can find it in this story, that the children of Israel were headed in, in the will of God. Everybody following me? They were headed in the will of God, and they come to the Dead Sea, Right? And, and at the shores of the Dead Sea, there's nowhere to go. There's a, there's a sea in front of them, and there's mountains on this side, mountains on that side, and there's an angry army that's quite embarrassed behind them. And they got nowhere to go, right? Everybody know the story? We got, they, they have nowhere, nowhere to go. And, and the Bible says that the pillar of fire that was leading them, and this is the pillar of fire, the pillar of fire that was leading them, it went from before, and these are the children of Israel, and this, this right here, is Egypt, because they're lower than Israel. And the Bible says that God removed himself from the front of the children of Israel and did this. And he put himself between the Israelites and their enemies. Right? That's what God did. You, you can read it. You can read it. And, and, and uh, we've talked about it before. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> the Bible goes on to, to describe that when that pillar of fire did that, it became light for the people over here. It was light over here. They were not in darkness, they were in light. Because God allowed the light from that presence to shine over here. But on this side over here was darkness. Hey, only God can do that. And, and if you don't think so, try it. Not now. But try it. And so the horses were troubled, the people were troubled. They were, they were in darkness and they were looking at that. And, and there was a situation they couldn't change. The Egyptians couldn't change this. They couldn't get around this presence, this supernatural presence of God. They couldn't maneuver around that to get at Israel because God was a protection between uh, the Egyptians and, and the Israelites. Now let me tell you something. If, if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, I believe that abiding presence of God is still leading the children of, uh, children of, uh, of the bride of Christ, right? The Gentile bride. I believe that same God is still leading the bride of Christ. Do you believe that? And I believe that the bride is not in darkness, but in light. And I believe the rest of the world is in darkness, just like this guy who did the series there. And, and what if we had said yes to the Holy Spirit? Because at this place, they don't even know what the Holy Spirit is. They, don't, they, they probably are not unaware of a, God sending a prophet in our time or the significance of God sending a prophet in our time. And so they're in darkness here. They're not able to see clearly like you are by God's grace. And you know what matters for you and I, for every one of us that are here today, and I don't care whether you're, uh, whether you're a believer and been a believer for, th for 100 years or whether you're trying to outrun God as fast as you can. And, and I know that some people, there's always in a congregation like this, there's always some people that are trying to outrun God. And they, you know, they, they kind of have a feeling that they're doing a pretty good job. I'm going, I'm going the other way. But you know what? I got news for you that God is just a little faster than you. And you know what? It doesn't matter how much faster. It just matters as he's a little faster than you. Because that means he's going to catch you. I mean, if you're outrunning a bear, right? If you're trying to outrun a bear, and, and you, you and your buddy, 
are in the, in the forest and you're trying to outrun a bear, it doesn't matter how much faster he is than you. Even if he's just a little faster, that's what matters, right? Because <laughs> the bear is going to go for the first lunch he finds, right? Now, I got news for you. If you're trying to run headstrong away from God, I, I, I got news for you. My God is just a little faster than me. And he's a little faster than you. And he knows exactly, uh, you know, how far you're going to run. He watched that prodigal son go all the way down to the pig pen down there. And when it came time, he knew exactly where to go to find him and to bring him back. Glory to God. That's our father that we serve today. Now, what I'm saying to you this morning in this illustration is just simply this. What matters most, what matters most is what side of the pillar of fire you're on. That's what matters. Because if you're on the right side of the pillar of fire, you're going to be in light and you're going to be safe. And God's going to watch over you and God's going to lead you the balance of the way. He's going to get you through the Red Sea on dry land. But if you're on the wrong side of that pillar of fire, you're going to be in darkness and you're not going to know which way to go. And you're going to rush out there and the waves are going to come piling in on top of you. And it's going to be a sorry day. But it matters. What matters is what side of the pillar of fire you're on. And I will tell you what, that's a simple conversion or uh, salvation message because every one of us have to deal with that. And you got to say, am I in darkness or am I in light? Am I on the right side of the pillar of fire? And before you put your head on the pillow tonight, you ought to ask yourself honestly and say, Lord, if I'm not on the right side, I pray you'd move me. Whatever it takes, move me, Lord. Move in my heart, move in my life. And, and your parents ought to pray and your grandparents ought to pray, Lord, I pray you move in my children's heart that they would all be gathered on the right side of the pillar of fire. And that we'd all make it in by the grace of God. And God does that because he loves you. Now watch what Brother Bram says here in Paul a Prisoner. What have we got tonight? He, a nation full of organized people who deny the scripture, who call Life of the life of the Holy Spirit, a mental telepathy. What have we got tonight? He's not talking about the bride now. He's talking about the church in general. Are we okay? And they would refuse such things to come in their church, like serpent seed, mentioned serpent seed, or eternal security, and things the Holy Spirit has revealed and proved to be the word. Yeah, elementary for us, but there's a lot of people who would never, ever, ever allow you to mention or teach on serpent seed in their churches. If you don't believe that, you ought to go and try to bring uh, some sermons with you and uh, bring them in, distribute them in a, in a local church and find out how they respond to serpent seed. Absolutely, they, they, they turn away from it. And Brother Bram said, I, I made challenge after challenge to come and prove me wrong, but what have they got? Now watch what he says. What have they got? This is their argument. They got the same thing that Luther had, being a reformer and the rest, John Wesley and all the reformers. And Brother Bram compares it to this. He said, like when Moses slew an Egyptian. You remember when he did that? He did that because he looked out the window and saw two, uh, uh, an Israelite and an Egyptian fighting there. And he said, man, that's, that's terrible. I'm going to go out and do what I should do. And goes out and he rescues that Israelite, kills the Egyptian, buries him in the sand. And we got one dead Egyptian. It's not exactly the will of God because that's not what God meant by deliverance. Right? That's not what God meant by delivering the children of Israel. But he does this under his own steam here. Now, watch what he's comparing this to. A church or a people that have rejected the word, watch. He says, what have we got? The same thing that Luther had. You're going to do things under your own steam. You're going to do things according to your own thinking. And maybe he made some man stop stealing or maybe live true to his wife. Well, what did you make out of them, out of that? What did you get out of that? 
If that's all you're doing, what do you get out of that? A church member. Wow. Can I pause for a minute? There's nothing wrong with getting a man to stop stealing. And there's nothing wrong with teaching people how to live true to their wives. But if that's as far as you go, if that's all you accomplish in your ministry to preach to people, you know, how to be a good husband, 10 easy steps to being a good husband, and you need to know this, right? <clears throat> you need to know it now. And there's nothing wrong with, with teaching that. But if that's all we do is have a good bunch of church members as a result of that, you know what? We've fallen short of the purpose of God for sending His Word in this day. You know what we want? We want an open Word that lives in our hearts. We want an open word that's not just uh, Moses on this side of the burning bush. We want to have a burning bush experience and a meeting with God that changes a person. And now he's walking in the will of God to deliver the children of Israel. Do you understand? He's delivering the children of Israel on this side of the burning bush his own way. And it doesn't accomplish anything. God never honors that. But when he meets a burning bush over here, and now he's got a dynamic power living inside of him. He's got a fire inside of him. He's living now in the presence of God and in the will of God. He's willing to go down against the superpower of his day by himself and win. He's going to win. He's not going to lose. He's confident that if God sent me, uh, you know what? This is a done deal. I'm as confident going down here as, uh, uh, you know, as anyone ever was, as Abraham was, uh, you know, when he took Sarah and believed that God was going to give them a son. He had faith. He had confidence because he had met the living God. And here's what Brother Bram saying. We've got to be careful that we just don't come to church here and learn a bunch of stuff and be good church members. That's not what God's after. In the harvest time, God's looking for his own seed living inside of you. Christ living in you, that's what he's after, not just a bunch of good church members here and a good bunch of young people who are on their best behavior, no tattoos, right? No tattoos, no earrings, but you know they're good and polite, yes sir, no sir, and they take their place at the church dinner and they help clean up afterwards. Hello? God's, I mean, that's a nice thing and we should train our kids that way. And I know, I know these guys are all going to help clean up after the dinner today. And that's what we should do. But that's not, that's not your goal. That's not the end point of the journey. The end point of the journey is for you guys to step into a new body on the other side and be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And have an experience that no matter what the world does and no matter uh, what bombs are dropped or what decisions governments make doesn't intimidate you because I know God's got a plan and he's going to get me there. We're not looking for good church members here. Although we thank God for good church members. We thank God for people who pay their tithes. And I'm not saying that in a mercenary way. I appreciate you folks paying your tithes and offerings. And all the work that's done all over the world is done because people give an offering or uh, you know, help out and contribute. I thank God for that. I don't take that for granted. I appreciate that of you. And I appreciate that, excuse, that, excuse me, of God's people. But now watch. Let's go on. Can I go a little further here? Because I've got limited time. I'm not trying to support ignorance here in terms of education. I'm trying to tell you the difference between education out of a book and an experience with God. That's what he's saying. And he said, education can never bring it. It takes the Spirit of God to bring to light, bring life, and that life must not come out of an intellectual revival. Do you believe you can have an intellectual revival? Yes. 
You absolutely can. Can you have it among the message community? Yes, you sure can. It's got to come out. Real revival has got to come out of the Word. It's got to come out of the Bible. That was a we came in. It's got to come out of Christ. Right? Because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And if you're going to have a revival, it's got to come out of His presence, right? And that Word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when it falls today and quickens, you get the same results you did as in Acts 2. Culture is different. Language is different. Circumstances is different. Everything is different, naturally speaking. But you know what? It's the same Holy Ghost inhabiting you and empowering you and causing you to walk in these statues and causing you to live the Christian life. It's the same one that allowed them to be willing to walk away from their uh, synagogues and all of their uh, past and everything else. It's the Spirit of God that conditions the atmosphere. If it falls today, it's going to do the same thing. God in all ages has always declared himself through the supernatural. God always brings supernatural because he is supernatural. And in every age when he displays himself, he's in the supernatural. It's in the supernatural. And he does it because he loves people. Hey, hold on to that. God does all that supernatural because he loves you. He does not want you to be confused. Right? God does not want you to be confused. God wants you to make sure you know who's God and who's not. God wants you to be sure. And I thank God for a prophet in this last day because he sent us a message that helps us know exactly whether something's coming from God or whether it's not. And that's a big part of your struggle, isn't it? Because we kind of got to know, is this coming from God or is it not? Is that thought coming from God or is it not? Is that temptation, is that somehow God leading me to do something different or is that a temptation from hell? Well, it's got to be one or the other, right? And God does that. He does the supernatural because he loves you. And he loves to separate his believers from unbelievers. You're going to get much more success. You're going to, get much more pro- you're going to make much more progress when you're separated from unbelievers and you hang around with believers who have a similar faith in the, in, in, in the one true God. And the conversation revolves around that. It's definitely going to have that. All right, I got a question for you. How do we see supernatural things that happen in our day? Good question. Morgan, would you agree? How do we see the supernatural God move among us today? How does that happen? I mean, how, what can I do to make that, help that happen? Oh, you say, Brother Barry, you can't because that's God. <clears throat> I beg to differ. There are ways you can, you can help facilitate the supernatural God moving in our midst today. Are you ready? Some of you are not really sure what this is going to involve. But I have good news for you. Number one, it's the attitude of the people that brings the results. Whoa. Whoa. It's the attitude of the people that brings the results. All right, let's talk about God's attitude for a minute. Is God's attitude one of helpfulness? Is God's attitude one of mercy? Is it? Look at what costs here. God's attitude is to heal, to turn a boy who's going to die into a boy who's very much alive. He's a teenager now. Is, God, is God's attitude one of patience and mercy, long-suffering? Come on. Is that God's attitude? Is that God's way of, of doing things? Yes. Don't be hesitant here. Yes. God is a God of love. God cares about you. He tells us, cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. So what's your attitude? And that's what Brother Bram's saying. It's the attitude of the people that brings results. You want to see better results? I think our attitude makes a difference. Oh, church again. Church again. 
Brother Barry, he preaches so long. He says he's going to preach short and he preaches long. That's the reason at Pentecost they had to go to an upper room and pray until the Holy Ghost came. Because they got in one place, one accord. Great phrase. One place, one accord. Say it with me. One place, one accord. It's the atmosphere that brings the results. Now here's the challenge to you. Let every man, woman, boy, or girl get everything from their minds but the Lord Jesus and believe that he's standing present right now. And you'll see something happen. What does that take? That, had, that takes you to think a little bit differently. Because some of you are sitting there saying, oh, it never happened to me. It never happened to me. My goodness, I can't, I can't pray five minutes before I fall asleep. And I can't get my kids to pick up their socks. And I can't, we can't even seem to make ends meet in our budget. And a lot of times you're defeated before you ever start. You ever complimented your wife and told her how beautiful she looks? I have. I said to my wife, Honey, you look great today. No, I don't. I don't, you do. No, I don't. You're just saying that. No, I don't, I don't have to say that. I'm not getting any money for this or anything like that. <laughs> Nobody's watching or listening. You look really nice today. Oh, my hair's not right. And this dress doesn't fit right. And it's the wrong color. And I, I, left, I left these shoes home and I don't have this. Or, so, so what you're saying, I, I thank you for saying, but it ain't, just ain't true. And all the women said, no, forget that. I won't, I won't ask that. But women can be like fighter pilots who blow every compliment out of the sky because they look at it a different way. And you know what that is? That's an attitude that they have about how they look because they're looking in the mirror and seeing certain things that they're not really quite happy with. And their attitude can... can that's a shame that the women don't enjoy the compliment as a compliment because maybe it's true. Maybe it's real. <clears throat> Let every man or woman, a boy or girl... Get everything from their minds with the Lord Jesus and believe that he's standing right there right now and you'll see something happen. So in other words, to use the example, oh, you look really nice today. And I'm not talking to you. I'm pretending you're my wife, okay? You look really nice today. And she said, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I love you too. You look great. Wow, man, that changes a lot of things, doesn't it? Sure does. It's the atmosphere that brings miraculous wonders and powers of God. Among the people. How many of you, let me ask you a question. How many of you would, if you knew the power of God was present, that you'd reach out into that power, into that atmosphere, and say, Lord, empower me to do this. Lord, show your power on my behalf. Lord, touch my son, touch my daughter. Help me, Lord, overcome this. I've never been able to overcome this. If, the, if you knew the power of God was going to walk in here in five minutes, you'd be lining up here. We'd have a lineup right, right from the front to the back here because people don't want to tap into that. And I'm simply saying to you, I believe that power of God is here. And what's holding it back is your attitude because you're looking at me. You're just looking at me. You're just looking at the circumstances that we come to every Sunday. And that's not what God wants you to look at. And when people get to a place where they're reasoning and wondering and stewing all store, tore up, and don't know where they stand, half of them not even scripturally taught, how can you expect the atmosphere to do right? Let me give you an example. Here's the example that I used at the very beginning. Here's Naaman. He goes down to the country of Israel. He's going into an enemy territory, but he's a, he's a powerful guy. He's got chariots and horses and a letter from the king personally. He's got, he's got credentials, and he's got wealth, and he's got status. And he goes into the country, and he's got an attitude. You know, he's, he got, he got a, I mean, he got a feel for the guy because he's got leprosy. Leprosy was a death sentence in that day. As there was no cures for leprosy in that day. And he goes into that country, and he's got expectations. He's got his mind made up, right? Yeah. 
I'm a, I'm a great man. I'm a man of valor. I'm a man of honor. I'm an emissary. I'm a friend of the king, and I've got the letter, and I've got all of that. <clears throat> and I, I'm, I'm coming into this country now to meet the king and, 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 uh, or, and, or the prophet, and I'm, I'm, I believe I'm going to be well. And he's got all this kind of worked out in his own mind. And he goes, and we didn't read all the story, but he goes and he knocks on the door, and, he, and he's, uh, he's expecting now that this prophet would come out. Oh, great Naaman, come in. And have a seat, and let's have put on the kettle, and let's have tea, and and uh, you know we're so our house is honored by the presence of such a great general here today. And he had an expectation in his mind; he had it all reasoned out, didn't he? He had it all all kind of figured out. This is how it's going to be. And then all of a sudden, he gets the he gets a prophetic post-it note out the door. Give him this. Go dip in the river Jordan seven times. You got it, buddy. Thumbs up. You know what Naaman's got? He's got an attitude. Right? I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm just saying he's got an attitude because that is not what I expected. Don't you think that's a little disrespectful for a man of my stature? He says, hey, who does this this person think he is? And you know what? He's ready to pack his bags, load the horses. Let's go. Let's get out of here. I knew there were a bunch of fanatics. Let's just get out of here. And you know what happened to Naaman in in that scenario? Nothing. Nothing happened to, to Naaman in that scenario. You know why? Because he's reasoning and he's all tore up. Read the quote. He's all tore up in his mind. Man, I had such expectations I was going to be healed. And now all of a sudden he just say, go home. Huh. What kind of a prophet is this? Maybe that, maybe that God doesn't have power after all. And he's got, he's got an attitude. Man, he's got an attitude. And the servants are like, you know, They didn't have the same attitude. Their attitude was, what do you got to lose? I mean, what if you guys are nuts? Yeah, but you know what? If you go back, look at the five-year plan. If you go back to, to Syria now, you got the same old doctors, same old herbs. You're going to die. Five-year plan is not good for you. So Naaman, you know what he does? He has a bit of a shift in attitude. Has he seen any lightning bolts? Has he seen any, heard any uh, prophetic voices? Has he heard any, anything dramatic? Hey, what I'm telling you is that Brother Branham took this scripture and used it as a basis for preaching the message, the supernatural. Because you know what? He was in the presence of a supernatural God, but his attitude changed what God could do for him. And God did nothing when he was all tore up, wondering, stewing, reasoning, and didn't know where he stood. He didn't realize he was standing in the presence of a prophet, and that prophet was standing in the presence of God because that prophet knew he was coming. You understand my point? It's not that God couldn't do it. It's not that uh, Elijah didn't know what was going to happen. It's none of that. None of that factors in. God knew what was going to take place, but it was his attitude that held it all up. Oh, you say we're just in a small church and we got this and we got something else. And I know God led me here, but nothing really happens, you know. So, and I'll tell you what, you can sit in this assembly, and, and I'm not saying this to you now. I'm just saying that you can sit in an assembly and nothing happens in your life. And it's not because we serve a God that can't do a miracle and God can't do the supernatural. That's not it at all. And you need to get that out of your mind. It's because we can adopt an attitude about what we think God's going to do or what God should do. And you short-circuit the, the, the power of God to act on your behalf. Wow. 
And he says, well, I guess so. Let's go back. Dip, 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 dip. And he's clean. Whoa. Praise God. You know what we had there? An attitude shift. Say it with me. An attitude shift. And he says, you can't do it. Look at the screen. You can't do it. Won't be right. It's got to be in one accord, one place, settle down with one motive, one thing. Then you're going to see something happen. <clears throat> yes, sir. Uh, can, I, can I illustrate something else here just at this point here? Give, give me a sec. Uh, I might as well be honest. It's going to be more than a sec. There's a couple of ways you can pray. A couple of ways you can pray to God. You can pray this way to God. Okay, so let's just say I'm a typical prayer. Lord, like Naaman, I, <clears throat> I got leprosy. And I, 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 I've asked everybody. I have posted this on Facebook. And I asked everyone, did they know any remedies for leprosy? And does anybody know how to find a good hospital or a clinic that deals with leprosy effectively? Is there anybody out there? And, and, and let's just say, Naaman is looking this way and just kind of banging on heaven's door. Nothing wrong with this. Nothing wrong appealing to God this way. And he's just just kind of looking to God to do something. You got to do something. I don't know what you're going to do. You got to do something because I'm hurting here and I need your help. And please, please, can you help me? And he's hurting and he's reaching out to God and he knows that nobody else is able to help him here. And that's the way he's praying to God. He's praying this way. There's another way to pray. Let's just say, let's just say that a believer, not Naaman, but a believer today would come to God. Somebody who's not reasoning, wondering, stewing, all tore up, don't know where they stand, and not even scripturally taught, but somebody who is thinking correctly. Knowing what we know about the Word of God and about who we are, knowing what we know and who we are, I think it's okay to pray this way. Lord, I got a problem. I got a sickness. And my doc is kind of shaking his head, and he's handing me off to a specialist, to a specialist, to a specialist. And, and I, I, I get the feeling, Lord, that they really don't know what the answer is. That's the feeling I get. But Lord, let me just confess again. I believe I'm a son of God. I believe I'm a foreordained, elected son of God, a member of the bride of Christ in this day. And I believe, if I read my Bible correctly, that the footsteps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And you have an appointed time for me, and you have a purpose for me living on this life. And Lord, I'm coming to you to say that I believe the enemy is attacking me, and I'm asking for you to intercede and to destroy that enemy so that I can walk on and serve you in this world and fulfill the purpose for which you've called me. And Lord, you don't need to come down and dazzle healing power in front of me. I believe you're a healer. You don't need to come down and do miracles in our church because, uh, you know, the people want to see one. You don't need to do that, Lord. I believe you're a miracle-working God. I believe you're a supernatural God already. God does not need to entertain us. We are believers in God's Word. Isn't that right? Amen. And, Lord, I'm trusting in your Word, and I'm going to walk forward believing you've got an answer to this problem, even if I can't see it or feel it. I believe you have an answer for this problem. What a different way to pray. 
There's two kinds of praying, and I'm not saying either one of them are wrong, but I'm saying that when you, when you pray in this way and say, Lord, I know I'm your son, and I know that you have my best interests at heart, and I know you've ordained me to live in this age with all these diseases out there, and Lord, now something's pecking at my body here that I can't fix and the doctors can't fix, but I believe that you're a healer today, and whenever you want to heal, whenever you want to move, and Lord, even if it's not your will to heal my body right now, I'm going to enter in the glory with a shout of praise on my lips. And believe, Lord, that I've lived in the presence of the King in the last day, and I'm thankful for it. Come on, folks, that's a different way to pray. And Naaman's over here, he's got expectations, he's all tore up, he's not scripturally taught. My goodness, nothing happens. Number two, listen to me here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to, this is only my second example here. But I want you to think about this for a minute, because a lot of you are torn up about wrongs you commit, and torn up about wrongs you committed before you knew God. I don't need to ask for an amen because I know that's true. And some of you are saying, well, I believe I'm born again, but I made a real mistake. I really messed up. And I don't think God's going to hear my prayer. In other words, that's your attitude. And when you have the wrong attitude, you're going to short-circuit the power of God moving on your behalf. Is everybody still following me? Come on, give me an amen. Amen. All right, now I want to give you a definitive response to that lie Right now. Okay? Here we go. Number one. Brother Bram said, we love him because he was obedient unto death. And the wrath of God that was supposed to come upon us was poured out upon him at Calvary. And there he suffered in our stead that we might go free. All right. In other words, your thinking is right. I deserve to be punished. I deserve bad things to happen in my family. I believe that I'm ripe for the judgment of God. You're right. But right before judgment comes, God says, but I'll step in there and pay the price. So this is my intercessor who steps in and says, I know, she knows, I know, God knows, she's guilty. I know that. Hey, well, no one's denying that. But instead of pouring the wrath out upon her, I'm going to take, I'm going to embrace the wrath of God for her. And she'll go free. Is that what Calvary's about? Here's what he's saying. And the wrath of God that was supposed to come upon us was poured out upon him at Calvary. Therefore, Brother Bram says we love him because he was obedient unto death. Why wouldn't you love him? Why wouldn't you love him, Hunter, if you knew that you deserved death and somebody stepped in and paid the price? And you got this this statement that said paid in full. My goodness. You say, but, but no, no, I did all these wrongs. I hate, you may have, but you've got a statement that says paid in full. But you don't realize, Brother Barry, they're a part of me. I think about it every day. Well, look at your statement. Your statement says paid in full. You can hang on to it if you want to, but it's in the sea of God's forgetfulness. And God removed that sin as far as the east is from the west. Somebody say amen. amen. If I understand anything, I understand that's what Calvary means, right? That the wrath of God was poured out upon him. Now, I got news for you. God is not pouring the wrath of God out on you today. I said, God is not pouring the wrath of God out on you today because he took your wrath and put it on another and you're free from the wrath of God. I said, you're free from the wrath of God. You say, well, Brother Barry, I I did a terrible thing when I was a young fellow and so I believe that God is now plaguing my family with problems. Hey, where are you getting that thinking? Where in the world can you show me in the Bible that that's true? Your wrath was taken from you at Calvary and given to Christ, your Christ. 
Isn't that true? So why are you hanging on to the wrath thing? You're not subject to wrath. <clears throat> God's going to pour his wrath out upon unbelieving nations. God's going to pour his wrath upon, out upon people that destroy the earth. God's going to pour people out who, uh, his wrath out on people who hate him. But if you, do you believe you're a Christian? You believe you're covered by the blood of Christ? Well, where in the world is God pouring wrath out upon you? He loves you. Amen. He took that himself so that you could. Look at your statement. Look at your statement. What does it say? Paid in full. Amen. Why is he hanging on to thinking he's going to get the wrath of God poured out on him? Can I? Here's an example. Here's a lady who comes in the prayer line. And she's standing there listening to Brother Branham. And Brother Branham says, because she's got cancer. Okay? I'm giving you a portion of the quote. She's got cancer. And she says, lady, Brother Branham says, lady, death knocks at your door. He says, if you'll just turn to God, God will turn to you. He turned to you. Now, the lady does an extraordinary thing. She leans over and whispers something to Brother Branham. We don't know what it is. But she leans over and whispers something to him. And she confesses to him what she has done. Now, she's got cancer, and she's done something. And she said, I got a question for you. And then there's a, a silence there. And Brother Ram his, answers her, and he explains this to her. Now, you were born again, but you backslid away from your calling from God. And you should have went to done something, but you felt like you wasn't able to do it. Now, you made a mistake. You didn't make it right, and so forth. And now, here we are. Now, you believe it? He says, now do you believe? All right, come here. Do you now say to God, if he will let you live and not die, that you'll serve him all the days of your life and you're going to do what he asks you to do? You will? Because she's putting her hands up. You mean there's actually a possibility I might be forgiven for this? There's a possibility that God might show mercy to me? And he says, now will you, if you, if you will serve him all the days of your life, and you're not, you're going to do exactly what he asks you to do. Will you serve him with all in your heart? Oh, huh. I, just, just in a moment, she sees a sliver of mercy. And she puts, yes. Yes, you will. You mean, I, I, I claim to be a born-again believer, but I made a mistake. And Brother Bram says, now, you shouldn't have done that. There's something you should have done. You didn't do that. But he says, now, do you believe with all your heart? So let's look at what Brother Branham doesn't say. Brother Manum doesn't say, all right, listen, sister, you had your chance, right? Jesus died for you at Calvary, and you made a mistake. You know what? I'm going to pour wrath out upon you and your family. And I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to cast you aside. That's not what God says. That's not what Brother Branham says. Do you want to hear what God says to her through a prophet? You want to hear what he says? For all, some of you that think that you're sitting there ripe for judgment and God's going to judge you, or your family, that your family's got problems because uh, you made a mistake here. And I would say this. I'm not making light of making mistakes. I think this. If you've made a mistake in your life, I think you should find a place of repentance and ask for forgiveness. Because we have that we can come back to over and over again to ask forgiveness for our mistakes and failures. But the... The idea of pouring out wrath, that, that's past. Some of you are not believing me. Let's bow our heads, Christians. Heavenly Father, watch what he prays. The woman knowing and realizing the presence of that great almighty God, I pray, dear Lord Jesus, that you will bring cancer into her family. 
I pray that you would just swallow her up in the wrath of God. I pray that fire would come down and destroy that whole family. May her children fail. May her problems be ex- multiplied. Is that what he says to her? No. Ah, he says, I pray, Lord, you will help her. And you will forgive her. Tonight, Lord, you'll forgive her. Here she is backslid on her promises. And Father, I pray you'll forgive her of. Say it. Everything. And she comes to you with her hands up, tears down her cheeks, asking you, Lord, to remember her. For we realize that she can't live much longer like this. Father, upon her confession and upon her heart's desire, I ask this demon of cancer that it will move from her in the name of Jesus Christ to give her a new chance at life. God bless you, lady. Go condemned. That's not what he says. Go under a cloud of condemnation now. Go and be ashamed of what you did. Somebody says, go rejoicing. And let me know what happens. Stay in touch. Let me know what happens to you. You know why? Because he believes that God is a God who forgives and God is a God who heals. And you know what? This woman is doing all the right things. She's wanting to be right. She's asking God to forgive her. And she's saying to Brother Branham, well, I made a mistake. I backslid and I did this and so on. Brother Branham says, yeah, you did. He doesn't deny that at all. But now what he's saying is we're going we're gonna to go to God and appeal to God because God is a God of mercy. And Brother Branham prays this way because he knows the God that he serves. Are you ready? I, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. Everything's in the past tense. It's all been done paid for. By his stripes, you were healed. He said, it's all positive, it's done for, it's finished. Amen, God can do nothing else. It's already completed. Stay with me. Christ stood right, if he stood right here tonight, you'd say, Christ healed me. He'd say, I've already done it. You say, well, save me, Lord Jesus. I've already done it. When he died, here it is, when he died, watch, when he died at Calvary, read it with me, when he died at Calvary, every sin that was ever committed or ever would be committed was forgiven right there on the basis of the shed blood. Glory to God. Every sin, every sin, say it with me, every sin that ever was committed or ever would be committed How many of you, since you've been born again, have done something wrong? Don't show your hands. Because all of our hands would be in the air. It should be. Because every one of us make mistakes. But if I read that right, my sins were forgiven. My sins are forgiven. And my sins will be forgiven. When I ask God for forgiveness. Lord, put it under the blood. I'm sorry, Lord, that's not my heart. And he said, but it'll never do you no good until you accept it. You got to be the one that says, I embrace that. I believe that. I believe that you paid the price for my sin. Hallelujah. I don't know how good, how much better it gets than this quote right here. I don't know how you're still sitting down. I mean that every, every sin that you ever committed or ever would commit is under the blood. Wow, wow, you, gotta, you know what you have? A confidence in God. Not a confidence in yourself, but a confidence in God. 
And Lord, you know my heart. I don't want to live that way. And I made a mistake and I watched something I shouldn't have watched or listened to something or did something. I imagined something I should never have imagined. And Lord, I feel dirty and I feel filthy and I feel like I messed up and I feel like I backslid. And I I have all those feelings. How many of you have feelings? We all have feelings, and we all, we all have feelings of disappointment in ourselves and, and feeling that, well, I thought I had more power, and I thought I had victory over that thing, and here you are going back over it again. And I got good news for you, that God's made a provision for the thing you never thought you'd do. God's got you covered here. Every sin that would ever be committed was forgiven right there on the basis of the shed blood. I don't know about you, but I'm happy. Got to be your personal property, and that's your personal faith in a finished work. That's already been done for you. Drop down. Don't be scared that God's not going to answer prayer. God always answers prayer. You know what holds it up sometimes is your attitude. That's what holds it up. But God always answers prayer. God always answers prayer. I'd encourage you to pray. Sister Shirley, I'd encourage you to pray. I'd encourage you to come to the understanding that the wrath of God isn't poured out on you or your family because we make a mistake. Because if I understand what I just read right, that mistake's been forgiven. Your past has been forgiven. Your past is in the sea of God's forgetfulness and is not held against you anymore. So look at your statement. It ain't there. The only thing is there is a little sign that says paid in full, but you can't even see your past sins because God can't see your past sins. They're gone. They're in the sea of his forgetfulness and they're removed as far as east is from the west. And so therefore, there ain't no record of those sins in the mind of God. You might still be dwelling on it and you might meet an old buddy sometimes and say, hey, remember when we got drunk and did this? Hey, that might still exist in the realm of human, mind, human thinking, but I will tell you something in the mind of God. It ain't there. It's under the blood. And when it's under the blood, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. And there's no more remembrance of it at all. No more remembrance of it at all. You want to have answered prayer? Here's, here's Naaman standing there, and he's got certain expectations, and he's got a certain mind made up. I've been taught a certain way, and this is the way we do it in Syria and, and all the rest of it. Well, hey, how's that going? Because if your gods in Syria were all that powerful, why are you here looking for help for deliverance from leprosy when uh, you say you serve a God over here? Hey, it's time for you to surrender, Naaman. It's time for you to let go. It's time for you to adopt the right attitude about this and stop saying, yeah, but, yeah, but. There'll always be a yeah, but. But I say this, we are free from the wrath of God. I said we are free from the wrath of God. That is so good that we are free from the wrath of God because Jesus took it. He took it. It was heading right down your road, but he took it. And he stood in front of that wrath and died the death that you should have died. And you're free from the wrath of God. And if God wants to deal with you, he doesn't give your children cancer. If God wants to deal with you, he knows. He's got, let me tell you, God's got a myriad of ways to get your attention. God knows exactly how to get your attention, right? God knows exactly how to knock on your door and get you to listen here. But it would be defeating God's purpose if God, after you having committed your heart to Christ, now when you make a mistake, God, God afflicts your children? Or God afflicts, you know, hey, I just don't find in the Bible where that exists. You know what that is? That's wrong thinking. Let's stand to our feet and let's stop it. Let's have your musicians come. Every sin I committed, every sin I will commit. Now, don't make God out like a, 
I think it was Brother Aaron who said on Wednesday night, you don't want to make God out like a Coke machine and just say, well, I'll sin, God will forgive me. I'll sin, God will forgive me. I'll sin, God will forgive me. If you sin and you know you're doing something wrong according to the Word of God, you ought to be sorrowful for that. And you ought to like, do what, what the Laodicean message says, and therefore I'll be quick to repent. I'll be zealous and repent. And I say, Lord, take that, take that spirit of disobedience out of my heart. Take those thoughts out of my heart. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and having a readiness to revenge all of it here. You got to get mad at that stuff. You got to get mad at those things that tempt you and drag you down. You got to get mad at, at, at anything that, that causes impurity in your life and say, hey, I'm going to a place that's pure. I'm going to a place that's holy. I want everything to be holy, including what's between my two ears. I want, I want to live that way. I want to be free of those shackles that bind me and hold me back here. I want to be free of the thinking that does not line up with God's word. You set me free, and he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Elijah, Elijah says, hey, you have a need? Come on. Come on. Just don't come on and tell God what he's going to do. Just come on. Watch what God does. I say among us, we have needs here today. We have, we have concerns here today. We have prayer requests. Got a list of them here. And got other ones that are not mentioned here. We got prayer requests that are on the burner, right? They're, they're still here. And I say this. Let's believe. Let's just trust that God's going to work on behalf of these things. Lord, we're, just, we're anxious to see what you're going to do. We're excited about what you're going to do. Why shouldn't we believe? Why shouldn't we trust God? We should. We should. Oh, raise your hands and sing it today. My sins have been washed. And washed. From his memory. From his memory. By the blood of the Lamb. By the blood of the Lamb.
I know one thing is true, that, that Satan is limited in his power. He's limited. Our God is unlimited. Do you believe that? But Satan's limited. Satan can make nations go to war with one another and send their sons onto a battlefield and die. Satan has a lot of power. He can shift the wealth of the world and move things around. And he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of authority, but he doesn't have all authority because he cannot make you believe a lie. He can do all those other things, but he cannot make you believe a lie. If you're a child of God, born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and somebody comes along ministering the Word of God and brings the truth to you, there's something deep down inside of you that resonates with an amen, and you realize, wow, I believe that with all my heart. And though Satan's been lying to me all week, I believe God's Word is true. And Satan's power is limited. He cannot make you believe a lie. Don't waste your energy believing lies. Believe what God said about you. Believe what God's word declares about the people of God. And the very fact that you're standing here in this church believing the message of the hour is evidence that you are stronger than him. Because if Satan had his way, he would have destroyed you a long time ago. He would have destroyed you and brushed you off the earth a long time ago. But you know what? He can't do it because his power is limited. And you are evidence of the limitations of the power of Satan on earth. You are the evidence of the limitations of Satan's power. You know why? It's because you've got the power of Christ in you. It's not me that lives, but Christ that lives in me. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you, you ought to, if you don't take away anything else from here today, take away all the food, but take this away. Satan's power is limited. God's power is not limited. I'm not just saying this, folks. I'm not just saying this because it's Sunday. And I'm not saying it because I want to make you feel good. I'm not saying it for that reason. I'm saying it because you've got to believe it, and it's true. You have to believe that this message was sent for you. It was sent for your family. It was sent for your salvation. It was sent for your deliverance. It was sent for your body change. It was sent to get us from here to where we need to be. This message was sent for you. I'd say this, we should step into it and live it. Live in it. Live with it. Embrace it all. Hey, if I'm wrong in my understanding, I say, Lord, correct me and make me think right. But I'm believing, Lord, this message was sent for me. Behold, I send you, Elijah the prophet. Come on, folks. You're the you. You're the you in that sentence there. Behold, I send you, Elijah the prophet. Amen. And Brother Branham does not want to, you know, have a, uh, he never did, and the Holy Spirit does not want to have a, a promise come your way and you shoot it out of the sky and say, by my stripes I'm healed. Oh, no, I'm not. Doctor says I'm not. And I still got to take this medicine. I still got to do this. I still got to do something else and so on. And I, I, I'm probably going to have this for life. What you've done is you've successfully blown that promise right out of the sky. Like a wife will blow a compliment out of the sky when you tell her she's pretty. What a shame. What a shame. I'm not trying to create something here. I'm not trying to, uh, you know, to work something up here. All I'm doing, all I'm doing is telling you what he said. We have evidence that our God's a healer. I'm in Dubai. Call my wife. My, here's the doctor standing at the door. You need to call this doctor and arrange this right here. Okay. All right. Let's, let's do this. <laughs> here's Naaman's house. And there's a little servant girl there in the house. And the servant girl just says to her, to her buddies in the lunchroom. She's not in the presence of Naaman. She's in the lunchroom and says, wow, too bad he's not in Israel. Our God over there has got a prophet, and that prophet can certainly take care of that problem. That ain't a problem at all. And one of the other servants hears that, 
goes to the master and says, one of the other servants said that there's a prophet in Israel. Do you think that just happened? God's arranging. God, God's got a little Amen. girl and he got a servant who would go to Naaman. Naaman goes to the king. King goes to the king of Israel. King of Israel goes to the prophet. You think that all happens by chance or by fluke? No. Let me tell you, God knows exactly what he's doing. And if God can do that for a Syrian, what can God do for you who are under the shed blood of Jesus Christ? Claiming to be born again, claiming to be a member of the bride of Jesus Christ. It's not a fluke or a coincidence you're here. And God does not want you to blow the promises of God out of the sky and make them like nothing because they're sent for you. Amen. Amen. Oh, God is good, isn't he? Keep your mind stayed on him. Let's sing it here, Ben. We better we'll sing. keep your mind. Stay on me. We'll stay on me. Faithfully. Will and I will give you perfect peace.
good to be in the house of the Lord today. I'll tell you what, this message uh, is one of the most international things you'll ever see. Because you can take this, Brother Amor, I'll tell you, or these brothers from Africa, you take, take the message of, you take the truth of God's word. You can preach it in any congregation in the entire world, anywhere, and the bride will respond to that, amen, because it's God's word. God's word doesn't have a color. God's word doesn't have a specific language, right? God's word is universal, it's timeless, and it's true. And I thank God for the, for the way God structured his promises and his word. Well, we're going to let you go in just a moment here. We're going to sing another little chorus here. But uh, we want each, uh, just as we go over there, we want every family to be uh, individually responsible for placing your food on the serving table. And we have labels, right? And we're able to, you're able to label your food and tell us what it is we're uh, shortening our lives by. No, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. There's some wonderful dishes over there. So label your food. Let us know what's there. And uh, we may even have a few testimonies from people from different places, but uh, we want you to enjoy the fellowship and, and the food and, and uh, just to enter in today. We have some displays and we have a, a board there where you're going to put a pin on where you were born and all of that's over there. So um, we, we appreciate each and every one of you being here. So every individual family, place your food there on the serving tables, okay, when you go on back over. Be, have your corral your family there and and uh, as we go through the food line okay god bless you it's been great to be in the house of the lord today Amen. great to be in the house of the lord <clears throat> you're not a god, god created by human hands you are not a god